Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, it's Kevin coming to you with the Finsider Podcast once again. It's Thursday night. show is live. We're ready for your calls. Uh, 347-326-9461. You can also join us by tweeting using the Finsider hashtag. And we're also having the live thread over on thefinsider.com. Of course, I want to welcome in my co-hosts. The Duke is with us. Chris, how are you tonight? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, and as always, I have James with me. James, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well. Another Thursday night, another day before a football game. Uh, There's actually football on today, although it's better now that I've muted the TV because Chris Berman is commentating the game. So, uh, it's a good night. (laughs) Uh, I love digs at Chris Berman. I think he needs to drink more in order for us to understand him better. But not not saying that he's just, an alcoholic, but I think he just um, needs to retire and go away. Yes, I'll agree with that. But uh so we'll start off with what is apparently rumor going around because Jim Irsay is of course being Jim Irsay and somebody needs to take a Twitter account away from him. But apparently he's saying on Twitter that the Colts are close to making a trade for a high dra- or sending a high draft pick for a big name starter, and that he's going to open up his checkbook when it happens. So really, the speculation comes down to: is it uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, or is it Mike Wallace? And I think both make sense for Indy. I think Mike Wallace makes more sense, um, but I think it could be either one of those. I don't know if a trade would happen with either one of those. I don't know if the Jaguars or the Steelers would actually make the trade. I think the Jaguars are just uh, positioning themselves to say, hey, we tried. Now shut up and sign or play your deal out to MJD, but we'll see. But um, let's see. Somebody just tweeted about that. Where to go? For those who like comedy, it's also worth mentioning that Agent Bus Cook asked if Jim Ursay was tweeting around. Hmm. Okay. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but uh, if Mike Wallace is being traded, Agent Buck Cook, Bus Cook hasn't heard it. Um, Wallace isn't I, under I, I, contract. He'd have to sign first. But go on, Chris. I was say, some of the tweets I'm, I'm reading here says that, um, let's see, that they're possibly pursuing a cornerback. Hmm. That could make that, sense, too. And they are saying, uh, and one guy, Chris Kaufman, says it's a percentage that it could be Vontae. says, not a big percentage, but plausible. Um, I don't know if that's who they would be going after, but I don't think we would trade him in any case. But I think it would depend. I don't think we would, but I think it would depend on what was offered. If If it was big enough, I'd do it. I mean, he's dropped from number one to number three on the depth chart. And, yeah, he played better this week, but I'm not sure it was enough to push him back up to the starting role. So 
I don't know. I don't think there's anybody behind him either. I mean, yeah, he's the third guy. He comes in as a boundary corner in the nickel packages, and, and, and Marshall moves inside the nickel. But after that, you have Nolan Carroll, and you have a bunch of other guys that, you know, aren't, you know, shouldn't be considered starting corners. So, you know, if you're if you're trading a guy like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't make a move like that until you're pretty much sure that the season is sunk at that point. Yeah. Or if Fonte is, he's just adamant that he's not ever coming back to the Dolphins and he hates it here. Um. So I, I seriously doubt that we would trade him. I and I seriously doubt that they're going to send a high round draft pick for him if that's the rumor. Um. I just don't see that happening. I mean, he was a first-round pick, but and he's played like a first-round pick at times. But I don't see that we would get anything at this point higher than you know, at most on a good day would be a second-round pick, and I just don't think that's worth it. Yeah, I th- I think we hold on to Vontae. I think the one guy that we end up trading at some point, depending on how David Garrard does, is Matt Moore. I think Matt Moore's our trade bait right now. But we'll have to see. I think uh since since we're kind of going down the road of players not coming back, it brought me to Eric Steinbach, which brought me to John Jerry. And it looks like Jerry may hmm. very well be starting tomorrow night and could be either permanently with the ones now at right guard cuz I I guess the team just does not like um I guess he just – they don't like Artis Hicks in that position. I don't know why. But I guess they want somebody else to take that role. Well, Hicks has been injured, I think. And, yeah. Um, and, I mean, he, like I said, he was nothing he, – he's nothing special really to begin with. So, I mean, he's just he, – he's a veteran guy that you know, played in the, the zone blocking before. But, I mean, I like what – the coach said about him on hard knocks that he's a guy that Jerry's a guy that he has talent. He just needs he needs you know he needs to realize that talent. And right. I think would. And and you know, I watched uh, I wrote a post about it on the Raiders game last year. Um, aside from a little trouble with John Henderson, he played well in that game. Uh, and I thought you know here's a guy that's got some potential. And I read something today that said since uh, since the beginning of camp he's lost 16 pounds. So he's trying to, you know, lose weight. He's trying to work hard and do this. And um, I think he realizes that, you know, he, being demoted like he was, and and that he that he's this is, you know, maybe his only shot uh, to make it on an NFL team. And I'm sure somebody else will pick him up, but he probably doesn't want to be one of those guys that just kind of floats around and and goes from team to team, or you know, just doesn't have a career. So. Hopefully he can he can work out and he's very good in pass protection and I think that's going to help uh, Jonathan Martin too because I think that's an area where Artis Hicks struggled some with pass protection and um, you know I think some of the problems in the Carolina game with with the right side of the line was not just was not just uh, Martin struggling but also Hicks struggling as well so if John Jerry can come in and clean that up a little bit uh, I think that'll that will help uh, help our line and, and keep Tannehill upright. Yeah. I I I really would like to see John Jerry do well. I think he does. I think he has the talent. He just I don't know, he's not 
he's not performing up to par, and I don't know if it's he didn't realize exactly what a zone blocking scheme was all about. If he expected to be needed to be big, or what I don't know, but obviously he uh, he is realizing he needs to change something. He's puking all over the practice field, and we'll see how he does in the next two weeks on whether or not he's going to claim that starting spot for a guy that a week ago we all would have thought was going to be cut. <sighs> yeah, and um, I had him last year. He stuck around and uh, ended up playing decent for the end of the season. He even got stuck over at left tackle. And yeah. uh, so maybe this is a maybe this is a good thing for one that just gives him gives him an opportunity. And I guess you can possibly read it as a positive that he stuck with the first team all week. I mean, I don't know who else was taking his spot, but right, right. It wasn't like John Jerry started on Sunday with the with the first team. On Monday, he was with the second team or third team again. So, yeah. But okay, well. Let's go ahead and bring in the man who got USA Today's attention this week. The man with the Dolphins tattoo on the back of his head. E-Dove, how are you, Emmett? Emmett, you there? Did we lose him? Emmett, you there, bro? I guess I guess he hung up. Hey, call back in, man. Yeah, I think we lost him. Bummer. But well, the man with the tattoo on the back of his head almost called into the show. He tried. He did. I spoke to him, so I know it was there. <laughs> uh, I do like that article that uh, they basically were on him about getting the tattoo when the Dolphins are going to change their logo next year. It was a interesting article because it it kind of made it sound like he had no idea what he was doing when he had it when he got it done and it's like um, that wasn't something he just did this week he's had that for a while <laughs> so but hopefully he can call back in but um ooh ooh where's my sound there's my sound got a uh. Tweet question. Now that Chad is gone, who do you think will end up as our number one and number two receivers? Um, I, I think I think Hartline has a chance to make a play at it if he can come back healthy. I think it's going to be Devon Bess and Legadoo Nani. I think those are who it's going to be. Hey, uh, Okay. I think we got E-Dub back. Yeah, I'm going to put him on, see if we can get him this time. Emmett, you there? Yes, sir. Hey, we got you this time. So, yeah, uh, I didn't hang up last time. I could hear y'all. Just, hmm. uh, y'all couldn't hear me, I don't guess. System hates us sometimes. But, so <laughs> it does. How's your, uh, how's your 15 minutes of fame treating you? It's... <laughs> Well, I mean, actually, you know, I've been an entertainer all my life, um, <laughs> music and all, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird because I've been tweeting that picture for almost a year, and <laughs> I've talked to three radio stations today, uh, ESPN, <laughs> um, something, 
from the Tucson, Arizona, and then regular ESPN contacted me and wanted my story and stuff, and I was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So, were you on with Stephen A. Smith? No, no, no. uh, I know that you were calling up there to New York, but... I was, no, I was, they me. I was just gonna see if they yelled at, if Stephen A yelled at you, because I'm pretty sure that's pretty much all he does. Is yeah, he makes a yeah. point and then he yells it at you just to make sure you heard it the first time. But so, yeah, I think um, if if I'm right on this, basically what happened was you sent out the picture again to Ben Volin, and then somewhere along the line USA Today picked it up and did the article saying that. Hey, this Dolphins fan didn't realize they may change the logo soon and got this tattoo, which obviously you've had the two tattoo for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just kind of make a like a big story. I mean, like there ain't nothing better to put in the news. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just seen it, and uh, but, uh, yeah, I was talking to one of the radio stations was a Jets fan, and he kept trying to put down the Dolphins. He's like, you know, how do you feel having a a disgrace on the back of your head or disgrace something. I said, how does it feel to disgrace your family by being a Jets fan? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I was a guy in Albany, New York, for ESPN, and I got some more interviews tomorrow. I'm just like, why is it so important? And I got, I mean, if you type in Dawson's fan tattoo on Google, it's like 500 million results on picture. They keep stealing it. But now I get all the. They said they're gonna give me all the clips. So I shot out the fence out there on all of them. Nice. Well, thank you. Good job, brother. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of weird. I, I'm used to being on stage and you know singing and whatnot, and uh, uh, these people just ask me all kind of crazy questions and like the mad crazed Dawson fan with a tattoo is. Mad because they're changing the logo. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what you know? What you know? What the show needs right now? The show needs Ohio on, because yeah, with him and with you at the same time, I think James, Chris, and I could just put down the microphones and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> we can take the night off. <laughs> but I mean, and I it's just—it's just, it, weird. I mean, you know. I, Tweeted everybody that picture. I don't know yeah. how they they got it, and I don't know what ESPN wants to do with it. They said it's going to be on TV. See, you're famous now. In the back of my head, he is. Soon, yeah. Soon, <laughs> enough, soon enough, Skip Bayless and Stephen A will pick it up, and they'll yell at each other about it and how dumb it is, and how Bayless. if it was if you got a if you got Tebow's face on the back of your head, it would be better. But, and I say that knowing full well, or people knowing full well that I'm a uh, Gators fan, and I actually like Tebow, but I'm sick of all the coverage of him. He's a backup quarterback that somehow gets more coverage than most of the NFL. He's yeah. a backup for now. Yeah, I know. I, I, I yeah, he's a backup for now. He was talking about it. Yeah. I just, it's. It's amazing the uh the, the the attention that Tebow gets. 
And the thing that I don't like, since now we're on the topic that we don't want to over-talk about, but the thing I don't understand is why on earth did they have him put on weight to get to 250? He's way too big as a quarterback at 250. But, oh, okay, well, to hold on to that, since I dream up the ideal scenario right now, and it happened, Ohio, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just sitting here trying to gather my thoughts uh, about uh, all the DCT rides and every other thing that's going on. <laughs> so with you guys, I hear you talking tattoos. You know, yeah. uh, first thing, first things first. Let's get let's get right to it. E Dub, you there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you there? Hey, how you doing, man? How's your heart? All right, how you doing? Good question. It, I mean, my heart, well, my heart, it, it's, it's doing, I mean, you know, I'm working one day at a time on it, to be honest with you. Good question, Ohio, because we did slack on asking that. So, sorry, Edith. Right, right. Well, hey, man, you know, keep keep it together. And then, you know, the other thing I got to thinking with these tattoos, you know, I got one, Edith's got one, and I know, you know, I see a ton of them down there in the, uh, in the uh, deep end and, and around, I say, I wonder how many dolphin tattoos are out there. You know, I mean, there's got to be, there's just got to be oodles and oodles of them. You know, and why is why is there not a uh, like a tattooed dolphins Facebook group? You know, for like tattooed dolphins. Well, Ohio, I think you just I think you just started something. Ohio. Well, you can you, know, you can I mean, start any Facebook. Any Facebook group you want, dude. You can hey, be the uh, the lead. You guys and don't get it, dude. You guys still don't get it. I'm the idea like, guy. I, 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 got, I got the ideas, but I just uh, I'm not a good typer to uh, you know get all this <laughs> stuff out there. You know I don't I, you know hunt and peck in my way through it. I don't want to sit in for you know you know uh, there, there's I, I'm just not technologically savvy like that. But somebody should go start a Facebook group. And mention, you know, maybe mention me in it, but uh, tattooed doll fans on Facebook and see what what we can get going there. But hey, uh, what's up, man? Can can the setters can can uh, we get a dollar off everybody? If you guys don't know, like last year, Ohio is uh, going to do the dolphin cycling challenge again. It's raising money for cancer research and to fight cancer. He's uh. W- are you signed up for the long distance again? I, I am, 170 miles. Okay. Two days. So over two days, he's going to ride 170 miles, and all you have to do to donate is to go to, what's the website, Ohio? It's uh, Ride DCC, and then search uh, my name, Griffin Van Nest. But, you know, what I need, besides everybody to donate a dollar, is uh, I need a PR person. I need someone, or or really, what I need is the masses of the Finsider to do a letter bomb type thing and bombard the, uh, you know, it, aren't some of you guys on Twitter? Get, uh, you know, I thought about this. Some of you guys that are active in Twitter, Channing Crowder, I think, is on Twitter. He's linked to WQAM down there. You know, last year when I said that to him, you know, real jokingly, he goes, "You're to, you're gonna die." Oh man, I ain't gonna die. It made it made me stronger. You know, and yeah, I could die. Uh, so somebody harassed him, say it didn't kill Ohio. It made him stronger. Shit, I'm 30 pounds lighter. 
than what I was when I left Florida. I plan on going back to uh, this year's ride 50 pounds lighter. So, you know, shit, that DCC, not only am I helping people, but it saved my life. You yeah. know, what the hell? You know, so that's a good thing. And then, you know, I was thinking, what if we could get the Finsiders to do like a letter bomb? Say, okay, today, you know, everybody email uh, the Toledo Blade and tell them whatever story you have. Link it to them, you know, just pump it up. You know, the you know the, the, the Toledo Dolphin Connection is is pretty solid. You know, Danny Thomas, minority owner with Joe Robbie, was a Toledoan. Curtis Johnson was on would played uh defensive back for the Toledo Rockets, was on the seventy two team. He's a Toledo uh Toledo guy. And you know, when I met him he said he goes, You wanna know how I got on the team? I go, Yeah, I'd love to know. He goes, Danny Thomas had a relative that was a scout and he wanted to put a Toledo in on the team. And so that's how he got on the team. He drafted him based on that guy's scouting. And then uh Bob Baumhauer I met at the his Ring of Honor ceremony. Grew up in the area from the Killer Bees. Brandon Fields, our current punter, is a Toledoan. Um, and then uh, Hall of Fame fan. What, what do you know about that? So, you know, we ought to do a letter bomb. You know, take that information, do like a letter bomb, and hit the Toledo blade, hit the, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, I don't have, I can't type, man. I got these ideas. And I'm like, man, if I could just somehow get a PR person to go on my behalf and just work the work the system, you know, the the local media. Shit, the media down there. Shit. The the rock and roll station up in Detroit, Michigan loves Michigan football. If Jim manages anything, he is Michigan football. He loved that shit and the fun the guy was born in Ohio. Drives me nuts. But anyways, he was a Michigan man, right? So then he's a seventy two dolphin and all that. So there's a big tie in there. Toledo is ground zero for the Ohio State Michigan thing. So you could hit the local media with that angle. You know, you could hit you know, the Detroit like I say, them rock and roll guys up there, you know, they love that that stuff. They love that Michigan stuff. So I need a letter bomb. Go go hit the insiders activate. Go go uh get the local media and the Detroit uh rock station and for that matter the media down in Miami. You know? I mean, hell, I did win a Hall of Fame bust. You know, ought to be worth something. Somebody ought to want to talk to me. No? Yeah. Hello? It could be. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, and all, and really, all, all of it is just to, you know, drive people to the DCC to help raise money for cancer awareness. I mean, really, I, I when I started going to Dolphin Games, I never looked for any of this. You know, I was just kind of a big-time fan, and it kind of snowballed into this whatever it is. You know, so whatever. I'm ha- I'm happy to ride the DCC. I'm going to try to raise as much money as I can. I'm going to go to as many Dolphin games as I can and uh, have a good time. And uh, what's the over-under on our playoff chances? Are we in? Do we think we're going? Are we I optimistic think- at all? Are we optimistic or pessimistic? I'm always optimistic. Yeah, I think we might make the playoffs. You know, I tell you, I'd be happy if we just, you know, have a winning record against our division. I think we're probably – I haven't done my um, game-by-game prediction yet, which I'll do in like a week or right after the last preseason game just because I haven't sat down and done it. But I'm thinking probably in the 
eight and eight, seven and nine to nine and seven range. So playoffs are a possibility. We could be knocking on the door, but I don't know. I have to sit down and think yeah. about it because now with a rookie starting at quarterback, he could he could surprise. He could be great out there, and I seriously hope he is. I think he will be one day, but I just I don't know this year yet. Well, I mean that's it. Nobody knows, man. And that's you know a lot of rookies have come out and really had a great year and, and done well, and and some have not. You know, some have had have uh, you know. Uh, just haven't uh, developed like you want them to. Yeah. But you just—that's right, man. You—you you just never know. I mean, you know, I just—I just look back to every year. There seems to be some team that did horrible the year before that comes out and it's just a wrecking crew. I mean, wasn't, yeah. wasn't it San Francisco last year? Yep. I mean, and we play them, and those guys. I mean, you know, I don't have a good memory for specific games, but uh, it seems to me. That San Francisco looked like the real deal in the playoffs. I forget who they lost to, but man, they were just—they looked like they were, you know, they—they—they they, they meant business, you know. And they, you know, why not us? You know, why not if us? Dan wouldn't have been hurt. I think they'd have been in the Super Bowl because dude dropped him two punt return. Yeah, fumble. Right. So you know, I mean, anything can happen. We got a clean slate, and uh, you know, shoot. You know, that guy could light them up, you know, and you get, you know, it's just like, you know, who's to say that these wide receivers, you know, can't come in and all of a sudden, you know, they start producing. Then you have the story of, you know, the guy that was, you know, Devon Bess is an undrafted free agent. Yeah. He's done very well for himself. You know, you get one of these other guys that is just, you know, really striving to make a name for himself. All of a sudden, he's he's a superstar stud, you know, out of nowhere. You know, Kurt Warner, you know, out of nowhere was what was he doing? Loading trucks or something and this in the league and Yeah, yeah, bagging groceries. Now he's tossing touchdown passes, you know. Why not us? You know, so I'm always optimistic, you know. So you know, and then I read a post the other day where someone said, you know, how Philbin's just kinda of no low key, no nonsense type of, you know kind of speak softly but carry the big stick, man. I mean, I like that. I like that, you know. I mean, I kind of had those feelings of, oh, oh, when Saban came, I was like, all right, man, he's going to cut the fat. He's going to get them pissed off and mean and every other thing, man. And Well, of course, we all know how that played out. So did so you just this... say that Philbin is going to be Saban? Uh, oh, yeah. uh, no, not what I'm trying to do. What I'm, my, my point is, is that, you know, when Saban came around, I thought he was going to turn the team around. I mean, I think we all thought, oh, man, we got our guy. He's going to trim the fat. We're going to be lean and mean, and fucking the teeth are going to be razor sharp, and they're just going to tear through everybody, right? That's what I thought. Well, you know, now he's kind of got this uh, speak softly, carry a big stick. I like that too, man. Uh, you know, we're just laying away, and then, uh, you know, who, who knows? Week one, we walk into Houston and fucking punch him right in the jaw. Man, you know, put that and you know, run up on them like the deal, like uh, like when uh, Marino's last game where we just got shellacked. We go into Houston, we shellack seven. them seventy to nothing or something. You know, it could happen. It could happen. No, my am, am I dreaming I'm, again? No, wake up, I'm, wake up, I'm, Griffin. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. I'm hoping so. But yeah, so I mean, see. I always have those grandiose dreams, man. I, you know, especially teams we've never beat, man. If there's one team I want to beat this year, it's Houston. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and the Jets. And the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so great minds think alike. 
But I love to just be in Alabama and run into Saban in a store. <laughs> I go to jail for thirty days to punch him in the mouth, tell him lies, and not dress. Well, well, I, I I wouldn't punch him in the mouth. I'd yell something at him though. Something that's you know something inappropriate in a crowd. I don't know. Anywho. Hey man, I'm gonna get off, let you guys go on with the show there. Uh if you guys could think about me tomorrow, I turn forty seven. If every Finsider could throw down a dollar for the D C C man that we would you know, and here's the other thing the other point I wanted to make about that, you know, if Forbes calls us you know, some sort of influential group, man, let's exert that influence and uh get behind us and um you know, because best believe the uh, the Dolphins know, you know, who I am and who you guys are. So, you know, let's go make a difference. Let's go help somebody. Well said. But yeah. thanks for calling then, in. Uh, hey, no no problem, guys. Have a great show. You too. Well, All not right, a show, way. but have a good night. All right, later. <laughs> you should have a great show. <laughs> I'm just but. chilling, listening. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's Y'all the great part of Ohio. Somebody calls in, just uh, hang up. I'm just listening to. When, when Ohio know. gets on, he just takes over, and it's great. But <laughs> he does; he just takes over. I don't really know much to talk about. I just want to win, and you know, Dolphins yeah. and stuff like that. Well, it was cool having you call in. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying your fun-filled whirlwind of radio tour. <laughs> it's actually annoying. <laughs> but yeah, it was nice. I, I didn't know you, you could call and do this. I, it don't show the number on that. Uh, I use the SB Nation app, and it, it don't show half the posts. Really. Uh, it, uh, yeah, and don't show the little fan shots. Um, yeah. What phone do you have? iPhone or Android? Oh, uh, I got the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the iPhone app. They they were working to fi- to add the fan shots and or uh, not fan shots, but fan posts and everything into it, and get it up to speed. And then they realized that almost everybody was still just using the mobile website, not the app. So they basically have cut off the app. So they're not going to do any more updates on it. So if you like it, keep using it, but they're not going to do an update on it. Oh. So basically, I just check both of them every day. Yeah. Pretty much, dude, <laughs> dude. The app, the app is a thousand times better than the mobile. The mobile. They, they um, have site. They have. They have things in process to fix the mobile site and make it more user friendly and better. But yeah, they just they realized that between trying to keep the app up to date, make changes to the mobile site, and some other things they're working on, that it was just labor intensive to be doing the same thing in like three or four different ways. So since the app did not get the response that they thought it would, they just went ahead and pulled the plug on the app to make the mobile site better. So we'll see. Hopefully in the next few weeks the new mobile site will take over, but we'll see. 
But so that's the story behind the final, the final preseason game, right? One more after this. Tomorrow's the third, oh, and then there's one more on Wednesday. I want to say it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I think. I mean, is it the last game for us? Or no, no, we have one more. Oh, we have. Uh, we play after. We travel to Dallas. Oh, okay. Which I think is a Wednesday night game, and then uh, oh. off for ten days or whatever before the first game on uh, the ninth of September. But, well, I appreciate well, thanks it. for calling in. You guys are doing all this. I'm, you know, you I have a good night. something to talk about. I give you <sighs> Man, the show got quiet all of a sudden. Did you say jailbait? No, I did not say jailbait, Ohio. I'm kind of scared now. I haven't been in the uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't been in the thread. So, am I missing anything? This thread's long um, today. I'd like I'd like to hear uh, Chris buddy? Chris expand on his theory that he. Uh, Am I talking he, to myself? Can you hear? Can you not hear me? Hey. Can you hear me? Chris. Can you hear me? Am I on the air? I am talking. I hope I'm on the air. Kevin, can you not hear us? So anyway, I'll keep talking because it's what I'm good at. Hey Chris, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm kind of. Sad. Oh, there goes Chris. His call is dropped. There goes James. His call is dropped. Hey, welcome back. Can you hear me now? I hope. Okay, I kind of feel, I kind of know how uh, Keith felt that time that I dropped off. And you have that. Wayne and Garth moment where Garth is sitting there without Wayne during Wayne's world. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't have anybody to talk to. Can you not hear us? And I'm back. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Chris. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear Kevin. Kevin's gone, so it's just you and me now. So you are now okay. the uh, host of the show till he returns. So <laughs> uh, on, on, well, onward. To expand on that theory, I'm uh, I'm stuck with the Tennessee-Arizona uh, game right now. I didn't see the first of it, but apparently um, John Skelton didn't come out and play well. Um, Kevin Cobb came in, threw an ugly pick right to three Tennessee defenders who the linebacker almost dropped it. So, uh, and if it wasn't for Larry Fitzgerald just being an absolute beast and bailing these guys out, this team would this team would be terrible. And Fitzgerald just stepped out of bounds but didn't catch it. But, so, my thought is that Arizona, if Ken Wisenhunt wants to keep his job, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. And we just happen to have a plethora of quarterbacks. Now, I know we probably want to keep more because he maybe will help here than Gerard, but Gerard is a better better overall quarterback. And I was reading, I believe it was Omar this week, said that it was a tweet by him saying that 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 uh, Gerard is, has been helping Tannehill 
you know, learn some different things that, you know, maybe a guy like Moore doesn't know or wouldn't be able to teach him as well. Uh, and that's as a backup. So I'm thinking if Gerard gets healthy and can be the backup, then uh, then we can uh, then Moore will be expendable. And I think we can at least we could probably get a third rounder from Moore from the Cardinals because the way they're playing right now, it sounds like they're going to be desperate. You might be able to get a second round out of somebody that's desperate. Desperate teams do stupid things. Yeah, and they are right now. They are the most desperate team at the quarterback position. Um, from from what I see, I mean the Jets are pretty bad, but they're going to stick with Sanchez. Um, and the I'm trying to think of some other teams that might have the, the the Chiefs. They're kind of stuck with Matt Castle, but I don't think they have any other option. And I don't think that they're. I think they're going to be better and more competitive than the than the. Cardinals. So right now the Cardinals are kind of stuck with what they have unless they trade for one. And you know I don't see anybody. I don't. You know they're talking about possibly getting a uh, Green Bay, maybe getting a McCoy or somebody as a backup. Travis Jackson will be out there. But I think that if the Cardinals want to win and try to be competitive right now, that they're going to that they're going to um, need somebody with a little more experience. And we might could we might could sell Matt Moore to them. Yeah, yeah, more more could more more could help them win some games. They're gonna be a lot better off with him than without him. Yeah, and being that he likes to throw the ball deep, he's going to. Uh, I think he he would mesh very well with Larry Fitzgerald, and he would you know he would put up good numbers with throwing Fitzgerald. I mean, he put up good numbers throwing to Marshall. And Fitzgerald is a lot better than Marshall, in my opinion. So I believe that will help him out a lot. Now, granted, they just did score a touchdown. Um, so I don't know. But the the only thing that worries me about the Cardinals uh, is their offensive line. And from what I'm seeing in this game, it looks just downright offensive. Um, they can barely protect anyone at this point. Uh, and the rushers are getting there with regularity. So... Uh, when we play them in week four, I think, you know, if Wade can't get to these guys, if Audric and Vernon can't get to these guys, then there's something wrong with our with our pass rush. Now, this line looks awful. Poor Kevin keeps trying to call in, but I think he's got some sort of problem on his end. I think the, the issues with his phone or his line, I'm not sure. Chris, you there? Yes, I'm. I, I was just typing. Sorry. All right, man. Just, just keep rolling, man. You're. It's uh, it's your well, show now, unless we get Kevin back. All right. Well, I was um, I was just responding to Ohio. He was talking about the uh, the pictures that I that I put up on the other side this week, and that was a fun experience. That's only the uh, second time I've ever got to watch the Dolphins in person, so uh, I enjoyed that. And we had really good seats. We got a, a good deal on them. And uh, I got to see some of the players up close. Uh, B.J. Cunningham came by. Apparently, the guy that was standing next to me, I walked right up to the rail, and I was kind of close to the Dolphins tunnel where they uh, came in and out. And uh, I just walked down the rail. There's hardly anybody there at the end of the game. And um, this guy was beside me. He was going, B.J., B.J. And he kind of looked over and, like, recognized him. So he came over and said, hey, what's up, man? So I just reached down and smacked him on the hand. I thought that was, you know, that was pretty cool. It had been Awesome to feel somebody like uh, 
quick or long or something like that, but um, it's still pretty cool. And I tried to get some good pictures because I knew I'd be sharing them on the site. And I got some pictures of the Panthers, too. And I will say Cam Newton is a large individual. Um, I was actually amazed at just how big of a dude he was because um, I got pretty close to him as he was warming up. And uh, he, he was kind of dancing around in the end zone, lobbing some passes to some guys. And I was like, "That is a that's just a big guy. So, uh, but that was pretty fun. And it was interesting to watch the game live. And, and I was talking on, on the post about that. I believe it was Shawnee and I were discussing about, you know, it, it looks so different live than what you see on TV. And when I watch TV, you see Tannehill looks, to me, it looks a lot different than what he did in person. And one of the biggest things that I took away from, you know, I've been I've been a a proponent of this this wide receiver core most of the offseason. I thought, you know, all right, we've got some guys that can step up and make some plays that haven't really had a good opportunity to, like Wallace, Pruitt, and guys like that. Pruitt didn't play much this game at all. I think he had one one kickoff, and that was it. The uh, the rest of the wide receivers they worried me a lot. Um, they struggled to get open consistently. They um, they didn't didn't give Tannehill much of a chance to do anything. So I don't I don't know how that's going to go this season. And I you know some of the the other guys the the lower string guys played well uh, when they came in there like Matthews and Hogan they played well, but they played against a bunch of backups and it's hard to judge you know what they're going to do. But guys like Wallace Moore. Fuller was in there a little bit. These guys, you know, they they didn't seem to play, you know, up to the level I thought they should play. So that's going to be a concern. I would like to see how they do against Atlanta tomorrow night uh, because Atlanta has a has a fairly decent um, has a fairly decent group of cornerbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see how Wallace and um, Moore and those guys who are supposed to be the guys to step up play against guys like Brent Grimes, Asante Samuel. And that's another matchup that uh, Asante is very good at sitting back and baiting quarterbacks into, into throwing the ball where they shouldn't. So I'm going to see how uh, Tannehill reacts to that. I think that's going to be be a pretty good matchup. But uh, I'm kind of excited about Tannehill getting the start. Um, James, what do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I want to I want to – I want to see what he can do. I, I think uh, he's got a lot of potential. There's going to be some ups and downs. He's going to make some pretty uh, major mistakes during the season, and I'm sure there's going to be some pretty radical overreaction on the site, as usual. You know, if he has a bad game where he throws, you know, say three or four picks, which everybody should be prepared for because it's going to happen with a rookie. You know, something like that's going to happen somewhere along the line. But you know as well as I know there'll be ten posts about how he's the worst quarterback ever, blah blah blah. Because people aren't, you know, we're we're not a patient fan base for sure, especially not around the fan yeah. rider. But uh, it's just uh, it's part of the it's part of part of what you get. You know, even yeah, the Peyton Manning's of the world had had some rough starts. <laughs> you know, when they when they were first starting out. So I'm going to take a guess that you guys can hear me now, since I can hear you. I can yeah. hear you, Kevin. What's Look at that! Hey, See? I'm glad. I'm glad that the site got to enjoy our uh, "Can you hear me?" conversation <laughs> there for a while when nobody could hear me. But apparently, I was still broadcasting, so that's always good. Yes, the, the rumors <laughs> of the hostile takeover were quite premature. 
but I think uh, I, the thing that I like most about what I've heard so far this week leading up to this game is that uh, Joe Philbin walked into the training facility at 6.15, 6.45, somewhere around there, and Tannehill was already there studying the film from Nolan's defense last year because he was our defensive coordinator, so we have all his film. So studying that, learning his defense, and, I mean, it's a preseason game. Now, granted, it's the preseason game where we actually game plan and we try to do all that kind of stuff, but, I mean, when you look at it, the fact that a rookie is in there before the head coach just to study film on a preseason game's defense – Especially when most of the time it's going to be a vanilla defense in the first place, but he's in there trying to study it, learn the blitzes, learn all that stuff. That's pretty impressive. But uh, the hostile takeover is the discussion in the uh, live thread now. Well done, guys. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think uh, me and uh, Chris are the type of people you probably need to worry about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> creating a hostile takeover of this insider, so you're probably safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and and I, another thing about Tannehill getting getting the start to to kind of go with what you're saying is, is we're seeing you know some of those intangibles that people are saying oh he doesn't have the intangibles that uh, we're seeing that now he's showing up uh, getting the getting extra work trying to learn trying to improve but something else that I that I've read so far this week that. Uh, has kind of eased my mind a little bit is that the the players are on board with it, uh, especially the veterans. You know, because you think, all right, this guy's a rookie. You know what's going to happen unless uh, you, you know unless just you know, great things happen. Then we're probably going to struggle some this year. It's not going to be you know a, a great season. You wouldn't think it would be, but these guys are on board with it. That, I mean, that means. A that they they think they can they can handle the load and help him, and and two that they think he's good enough that he can actually you know lead us to the playoffs. I don't think you'd have a veteran guy like Reggie Bush or Jake Long or Carlos Dansby or somebody saying, "Yeah, I'm on board with this." If they thought, "Man, this guy's gonna we're gonna get four wins, but we'll yep. be better next year," kind of you know, I don't see that. So I think these guys by by showing that, and, and I think they're being honest with it, is that you know they're saying, "Hey." We're going to support this guy, and we think he can win. So, I was that's that's pretty promising to me. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, having having the team behind Tannehill already is big, and I know part of that is veterans being veterans and doing the right thing. But I think that's uh, okay. It was strange that posted the whole thing as Philbin seeing Tannehill. And he posted it as a fan shot. So, Strange, here's a hat tip for pointing out again that you made a fan shot. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, I think that's big that the veterans are already behind the rookie. Um, I know I saw uh, – oh, that interview that I posted about Devon Bess. See, Strange, I give myself credit when I post things. Um, <laughs> when uh, when Devon Best was interviewed and said, yeah, he's already working to get plans for Tannehill and some of the other, other veterans to get together so that they can uh, work on 
drills and plays and getting the right chemistry down when the players are off. So it's a good thing. Um, they they do seem to be fully behind the rookie, and hopefully it'll work. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 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 glad that the, they're on board with it, and you know because I don't know how big of a concern it was, but I believe there was some concern that this could be a locker room issue. Uh, you know, especially if uh, you know some people were behind more. And others were behind Tannehill, but it sounds like to me that everybody's on board with the decision, uh, even even more, even if he doesn't like it. You know, that's where I was getting to with that that trade discussion. If the, the Cardinals are in you know, deep trouble at quarterback, they're probably in the worst quarterback position or worst at that position than any any team in the league. Um, so, you know, they it might be that we can, if we already get healthy, we can ship out more. Uh, to them, but I think, you know, if he's on board with it, and he's a pretty good backup, but, you know, at this point, if Tannehill starts and gets hurt and more comes in, I, you know, I, I would feel okay with that now. There goes another home run for Beltre, if anyone's interested. Hello? Can you hear me? Kevin? Chris, I can hear James. Okay, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin's on hold answering a call. Okay. Did I lose you guys again? No, we're here. Okay. You're well, here. since we are in a lull, um, we do have Carrie who wants to join the show. Wants to talk a little Tannehill, a little offensive line, and actually something about Sperano. So, Carrie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. What's this you want to talk about, Sperano? Um, well, it, it surprises me that, especially with him being at the Jets now and how bad that offensive line is, that no one's really calling out Sperano. I mean, he, he's been known as an offensive line guru. Um, Dallas's offensive lines have been decent but not stellar. He came over to Miami. We've struggled with it, and we still have the remnants of it on that right side. And now he's at the Jets, where they can't even score a touchdown, um, largely due to the fact that they can't keep Mark Sanchez upright, and, and no one's really calling him out. Have you have you guys noticed that, or or heard anybody talking about that? I was actually impressed today when they benched um, Wayne Hunter, isn't it Wayne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When they benched him, and uh, they made that step because it was very not Sperano like. Because we all saw it last year with Colombo, and they're going to keep sticking him out there and keep sticking him out there rather than just going, you know what, Kerry, go back to right tackle, Jerry or somebody else go in at right guard, and mm-hmm. we could have fixed the offensive line like that. It wouldn't have been great, but it would have been better than what we had. Yeah. And I think that Rex Ryan made the right decision and said, you know what, this is not working. We've got to change it. And out went out went Hunter, and now they're going to get somebody else in there. So, I think it was the right move on their part. But yeah, their offensive line is a mess. It's worse than ours. It's worse. Watching this, I'm watching the uh, Cardinals game on ESPN right now, and their offensive line looks like a mess. So, mm-hmm. I mean, across the across the league, it looks like offensive lines. You either have a great one or you have a mess of one. There doesn't seem to be a mediocre one in the middle right now. So we'll see how that goes. But. All right. 
Yeah, just very curious about it because I, I remember when he first got here, and it seemed like every preseason he, he juggled around that offensive line. We never had a, a constant group in there. Right. Philbin's first year, he pretty much, and I guess it's kind of unfair because we already have some stalwarts and Pouncey and Long, but, but you can tell right away it was one offensive line. We're going to go with this group. They're going to take their lumps, and it, and that's how you build chemistry, and I never saw that with Sperano, so. And, yeah, and even think- though Hunter. Oh, I, ahead, think, I think Sperano's goal, I, I think he had the right goal in the sense that he wanted to make sure we had replacements. He wanted reserves that were ready to go. So he spent the whole preseason trying to make guys flexible. And, okay, if I pull this guy out and shove that guy in there, can the line work? And what it cost us was that chemistry, that mm-hmm. – Obviously, the left side worked because Long and Incognito worked well together, and they worked together for a couple of years. Pouncey came in and solidified the center position because they were going to leave the rookie in there as long as they possibly could to get him as many reps. But they kept switching that right side, and it ended up biting us in the butt in the end. So I'm hoping that – well, okay. I think that he learned from that, and maybe they will start – just looking for one offensive line and then have extra guys that are ready to go in, but don't spend the whole off season flopping it around. Yeah. Now, if they want to keep doing that, I'm perfectly okay with it since it is the jets, but um, yeah. But. Yeah. See, Cause that's the only thing that worries me this year is that right side. I mean, I, I like how Martin looks, but uh, I'm nervous. I'm, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm really nervous about it. Are we going to be able to keep Tannehill upright? Is he going to be able to get time? You know, I don't. I don't want to see him banged up. What do you guys think about Martin? Do you think he's going to develop, or, or is it going to be more of the same? I, I think he will develop very nicely. Um, we're, he's going to struggle at first because even in practice, when he's up against Cameron Wake, Wake doesn't go full speed in practice. I mean. One, he doesn't want to hurt himself, and two, he doesn't want to hurt our offensive line. Mm-hmm. So they don't go full speed in practice. Martin's not going to be used to that until we get in the game and all of a sudden he's going, oh, my God, this guy is fast. Mm. But he he will get better. Um, everything I have heard from the coaches, from watching it on Hard Knocks, from listening to or reading what the beat writers are saying to all that kind of stuff, everything says uh, – Martin is a very fast learner, and I mean he went to Stanford, so yeah. mm-hmm. he's got to be pretty smart. Mm-hmm. So he has he has the ability to quickly learn. He's from what they've said, he's taken every lesson every time he gets beat, and he realizes, okay, this is what I have to change, and he's working on it. I think that yeah, he will develop into something special, but it's just going to take time, and we have to be patient. We can't. I mean, already you hear people talking about how he shouldn't have been drafted in the second round. He was graded as a first-round draft pick. He was projected in the top ten to us early on in the draft process. And then here it is in the second round, and he's still sitting there, and we got him. From the beginning, I wanted Martin back in January. I thought he was the guy we should have picked. And then Tannehill shot up the draft boards, and everybody went, yeah, Tannehill's the guy. And I can see it. I I see why they think he is the guy. I don't know if he's going to be great this year, but I see why they think he's the guy. But the fact that we got two first-round picks, basically, in the first and second round, and then if you add in the fact that people had Lamar Miller 
graded as a first-round pick. We picked up three first-round picks in the first four rounds of the draft. So, overall, we did really well. Yeah. But... Ooh, yeah, well, I, I definitely hope he he develops, man. I, I definitely do because I'm a trenches guy. I think most of our success is going to lie in how these guys do in, in, on the front line. What about that right guard? Has, have they named the starter for this um, scrimmage Friday at right guard? Is John Jerry starting? I know he's getting a lot of Every, hard knock pub, but Everything seems to say he is. I haven't heard them say it officially, but Hicks is injured and hasn't been practicing, and all week Jerry has been the guy at right guard. With the number oh, okay. one. So I think he's going to be the guy this week. I don't know if that's a – he'll be the guy forever. But I think uh, I, I think he will at least start this week. And, and Gardner's still banged up? What, what's his timetable? Because I don't really hear too much about him either. I don't know. It, it, good question. I just – I don't know. Um, oh, okay. I haven't heard much on him either. He uh. – it's it's like one of those. It's almost like um, Brian Hartline before Hartline admitted the appendectomy. Yeah, like mm. everybody knows he's injured, but nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Oh wow! I, I think okay. we'll have to see. But now I remember um, last year, and if, if I'm talking your heads off about the old line, I apologize. But no, I remember last year, um, Merther he, he came in for Jake Longson when he was banged up, and he played pretty well on that left yep. side. So I thought he can be a a valuable guy, either maybe push for a starting role or be a key substitute guy, but I don't know if he's banged up or what. I haven't heard a lot about him. What's going on with, with Merthyr? They have him slotted behind Jake right now. Okay. And right. he's he's basically Jake's backup is the way it's worked out. And I think that if we hadn't drafted Martin, he probably would have been the right tackle. But I think they saw enough of him last year to realize that he might not be as good at right tackle as he is left tackle. Oh. And they they want him as Jake's primary backup. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. I got to get back to work, but I appreciate the time. Oh, you don't have to go to work. Yeah, I'm at work now, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate the time. I'll be sure to call back. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. But thanks. Thanks for calling in. You have a good night. You too. Uh, real quick, Jason Scott is on hold right now, and we'll get him on to continue the O-line talk. But Shawnee brought up a point. We haven't talked uh, Egnew at all, um, which kind of ties back into the O-line since he is a uh, tight end. But I think – I don't think Egnew has any chance of being cut or being a practice squad guy. He's on this team. He He may be the fourth tight end on the team. But he's on the team. Um, from what I have heard and what I have seen, he's another guy that he's learning, and he's learning quickly. But I think he's a year away, and I think it's just the speed of the game is too much for him right now. I think he looks around, and he he knows what to do, but he's not sure what to do first because so many people are running around so fast. And I think that's what will end up getting him is the speed of the game, but I think he will uh, he he will be something special. It just might not be this year. You guys have any thoughts on yeah. Agnew? Yeah, he needs a little time to develop. I mean, I didn't watch any Missouri games, but from everything I've read, he was basically just just a big wide receiver. They split him out wide. He ran a lot of wide receiver routes. Right. So to to, to be to be an NFL 
tight end where you have to play in line and deal with the linebackers. And see, when you're playing in college, you're doing that. You know, he was a, he, you know, he was an ultimate mismatch in in college like that. When you get to the NFL and you line up against NFL linebackers, it's going to take some time to get used to the fact. Hey, these guys are, you know, they're they're just as fast as I am. Yep. So you know, it's going to take them some a little time to do that. But I think they showed a little bit of that on Hard Knocks the other night with, you know. In the game, he didn't go out there and block a guy when uh, I think Lamar Miller caught the ball, and the coach ripped him for it. The next time that happened, he went out and crushed some dude, knocked him to the ground, and the coach praised him for it. So I think he's a guy that's just like, oh, crap, what am I doing here? And what have I, kind of one of those, what have I got myself into kind of things? And I think he's learning from it. And he's going to be a guy that he's going to just keep, they're going to keep developing him, keep letting him learn stuff. I think Fasano will help him a little bit learn some of the, some of the nuances, you know, especially yeah. like, you know, finding finding holes and zones and things like that where he's going to be really effective. Uh, and then next year, uh, both he and Tannehill will have a little more experience and have a little more uh, time together to get that chemistry down. Right. And he'll be a, a big weapon for us then. I think Agent J has a good point. When you watch him on Hard Knocks, he Agnew does. He looks defeated and that it's just so much criticism on him. But – I think in the end, he's he's learning from it. I think he he re, he in that moment, it hurts to just keep every time you come off the field getting beat down. But when he goes back and he's probably in the film room and they're actually going over, okay, this is why this is happening. I think he's realizing what he's doing wrong because, like you said, that next time out there, he went out and clocked somebody. So. Obviously, he's taking what the coaches are giving him and putting it into action, but he just he has to realize that, or he has to, he has to get used to the speed of the game. But let's go ahead and get Jason Scott in here because he's been on hold for a little while, and uh, talk some more O line. Hey. Jason Scott, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks. Getting ready to go. We're going to the uh, preseason game tomorrow, so. Very nice. um, as far as Martin goes, I think the people are kind of overreacting. It's the first preseason game um, that he's faced a guy like uh, Charles Johnson. I think Charles Johnson kind of surprised him because yeah. he's used to going up against a guy like Cameron Wake, which is a speed rusher. I don't think he was prepared for somebody like Charles Johnson, though. Different right. kind of pass rusher. And, you know, it happens sometimes with rookies. First game, he gave up two sacks. One sack wasn't entirely his fault. That was part part of the other rookie, the quarterback. He he should have stepped up in the pocket, and he didn't. Yeah. And he kind of they 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 shared that sack. I thought. And yeah, I think and, that's um, a great point because we we do automatically look at the O line and go, well, he gave up the sack, but at the same time, we do have an in, inexperienced quarterback who may not realize when he needs to step up or exactly where he's supposed to be because you have to think every, all five of those linemen aren't looking at the quarterback. So if he doesn't move to the right spot, but they think he's going to be somewhere else, they're going to block their guy away from where they think Tannehill's going to be. And if they block him right into where Tannehill actually goes, that's going to be a problem. Right. And one thing about that that first sack uh, that Charles Johnson got on him, I, I, I rewatched that play, and it looks to me like Tannehill could have had some time, a little bit of time to step up into the pocket. But if I remember it right, it was a play action. I think they were uh, it was 
little bit of flash, he was already in the shotgun, so when he got back, it was a full seven-step drop, and he was hit right as he was getting ready to step up. And I, I kind of timed it. He had, at most, three full seconds, which, you know, they say to get the ball out, but it looked like it was going to be a deeper pass play. So I can see, yeah, a little bit of that was on Tannehill, but I think a lot of that was just Martin just kind of got beat on that particular play. Uh, and then on some of the other ones, um, I, I haven't gone back and looked at those as much, but on that first one, the one with Charles Johnson, it, it was a little bit of it was a little bit of both. So, you know, I think you got to, like you're saying, give both guys a little bit of give a little bit of flack for that. But I think Martin does need to clean up clean up some things. I think he, you know, that was one of the things coming out of college was that he was going to struggle with speed rushers. Um, the power guys, you know, he could get his hands on. He has long arms. He needs to bulk up a little bit, which I'm sure he has done. But it was the speed guys that was giving him a little bit of trouble. So I think once he gets used to just having speed guys, you know, and going up against Wake is going to help that. But having speed guys going against him where he's, he's used to, to the, the timing of how fast they're going to get there, then I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think so too. Um, also wanted to point out, um, John Jerry, I mean, he was – Last I heard, he was down to 344. I yep. mean, I think I think the important thing to see is we're getting talented guys in there. Um, Jeff Ireland's doing his job bringing in talent. I think the past few years, we haven't been getting the coaching to coach them up. You know, you can't just take a whole bunch of talent, throw it on the team, and then expect them to turn from college players into all pros. So part of that, I mean, I think a, a good bit of that was probably just bad development by Sperano. So I think they're getting Jerry they're kicking his butt into shape. You know, it's taking a little longer. Um but I, I think you know, I think we 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 have a guy that we could develop and I'm hoping that he's gonna come around like the coaches said. So you know, but if we get and, those uh, two pieces we're gonna have a great line. Yeah. I mean when I you look at it up. the the number one picks across our line and the talent that we have, it's there. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I want to bring up a point that uh, that Jason made there that uh, that I think was kind of kind of hit on there in the Hard Knocks episode was that I think this coaching staff holds guys accountable. Um, I think you see that with Vontae. I think you see that with um, you know with Jerry. I think you see it with a lot of guys, but kind of what makes you think that was that, or I, I think the last coach staff was sprung on them, that they didn't hold guys as accountable. And Jake Long kind of hinted at that the other night. He said, you know, we didn't do our job last year kind of policing things. And the way, you know, as you talk about, they experimented with John Jerry as a left tackle last year, but yet they kept Colombo at right guard, even though he was getting beat on a regular basis. And they didn't even remotely think about moving Jerry over there when they could have. And so I think this coaching staff, I think, you hit on that is I think this coach staff not only is maybe better at coaching the football aspect of it, but they're keeping guys accountable saying, hey, you know what? You were here from an old regime. You were here from an old coaching staff. We don't owe you anything. You know, you need to you know, shape up and, and, and step up your game uh, or, because I don't owe you any allegiance. And I think by doing that, they're helping guys, whereas the last staff didn't do that. And I think some of the players got, got slack. And I think it showed up in our record. So I'm hoping that that's something that that we're going to see this year and into the future is that, you know, you're not going to have guys come into camp out of shape, 
even the guys that like Jerry, you know, I think, you know, he coming from the, you know coming from the old staff, he probably thought, you know, hey, I can get away with this, and now he's like, oh crap, I can't get away with this. So I think if he if he sticks on the team and plays, I think he'll come into camp next year in great shape because he knows that he has to. Yeah, there's the guys that are just that are just they have to they have to keep on on their weight. You know, some of those guys. I know a guy that was in high school that was similar. You know, I mean, his weight would get out of hand, and and you know, I think Jerry's that kind of guy that he's he's if he doesn't stay on it, he's gonna his weight's gonna get out of hand. And I like the fact that they're calling him out on it. I like the fact that they're calling Vontae Davis out on it. You know, these are really really talented guys that have sort of skated by on their natural ability, whereas this coaching staff is pulling it out of them. You know, you can look great in practice against second stringers and then just be humiliated in the game when you're playing against all pros. And that's what we've had going on. So, Am I still on? Yeah, you're on. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm reading at the same time. Apparently, it's then, completely not Dolphins-related, but apparently Lance Armstrong just released a statement saying that he is not going to fight the USDA's attempt to convict him of drugging and strip him of his seven uh, Tour de France titles. He's just going to go ahead and let it happen. And his statement basically says, uh, there comes a point in every man's life when he has to say enough is enough. For me, that time is now. So... Interesting, but apparently uh, Lance Armstrong is no longer a seven-time Tour de France champion. So, sorry. Wow. Um, completely random, but just happened to see it on Twitter as it was going by. So That's cool. I was out of the Dolphins um, talk for a minute. I happened to notice, um, I was listening to the radio today on uh, WQAM, and they were talking about how um, this, this hard knocks, the pat, you know, the Miami Dolphins hard knocks is the yeah. highest rated ever, and they said not only the one, you know, the Chad Johnson one, which they figured, yeah, you know, that makes sense, but even this past one, and um, you know, I was thinking it had to do with the fact that there's Dolphins fans everywhere, you know, especially all over Florida. Yep. You know, the Dolphins were the only team in Florida for a lot of years. When I was growing up, there was Marino. And there was a minor league team in Tampa Bay, and that was it. So, yeah, um, I think you're right. I think uh, I think that people don't realize how many Dolphins fans are out there, and it comes from no. the success in the '70s. But mm-hmm. and obviously Marino, but I think is, uh, yeah. I, I think that yeah, it it. We're a down team right now, which the mass media looks at and goes, oh, my God, why would they want to put a bad team on there? But we are a team with a lot of tradition. We're a team with a lot of history. And we're a team with a large fan base. And if we ever get winning again, this fan base is going to be huge because not only are the people that are all ticked off and don't want to deal with the fact that the Dolphins keep losing, but we're going to pick up all the fan the Fairweather fans that are going to jump back onto our bandwagon and ride with us, especially if we start beating the Patriots every year. Because, look, mm-hmm. there are people out there that have been Patriots fans for since birth, just like there are of the Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Packers, everything. But there are a lot of Patriot fans that 
suddenly became Patriot fans when Tom Brady started playing quarterback. Yep. So, speaking of which, uh, everyone needs to look at that um, that posting on the site that Texas Cowpunk put up there about the the, the Spygate and uh, everything involved in that. Apparently, um, there was an extra radio in Tom Brady's head that he could listen to his coaches after the 15-second cutoff. Um, they were talking about how um, they went up to Foxborough and they destroyed the tapes four day, you know, a couple days yeah. afterward in Foxborough. Didn't didn't bring it back or anything. Just destroyed it there, and you know, pretty big cover up, you know. Yeah. And I've always there's, thought that. I've always thought that it was a big bigger deal than they made of it. There's yeah. There's definitely more to that story than what the NFL put out. But interestingly enough, the Ocho Cinco News Network is still tweeting out stories. Interesting. Just thought I'd note that. But, uh, man. Well, Jason Scott, thanks for calling in. No I think, problem. Uh, thanks for having me. I think we're going to go ahead and uh, send the show into its final stages just because – my headset is about to die because it's beeping like mad at me. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's going crazy in my ears. And uh, I don't think we want to do another can you hear me moment on the show tonight. So, I think all uh, these sounds are in your head, man, because I still don't hear anything. It might be, but um, Brad Wells over at uh, Stampede Blue, the uh, Colts SB Nation, said that on ESPN – Chris Mortensen said that Bill Polian used to leak info to Chris Mortensen all the time, but now Jim Ursay doesn't. So um, apparently Mort is a little upset that he doesn't have an in with the uh, Colts anymore. But I don't know. Can you reveal your source if your source now works with you? Huh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but. And apparently everybody and their brother is beginning to think that it's Vontae that the Colts are after. So we'll see. But Well, before we end, what, if that's the case, what kind of trade do you think we could get for Vontae Davis? I mean, you figure a first-round pick is probably out of the question. So what what would we be able to get, player, pick, or what? I'm thinking, well, they do have that rookie quarterback. Um, could we trade for him? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, that would make the site blow up in about a day. Oh, my God. Like shut it down. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Um, but, no, I think if we're trading with the Colts, I think it has to be draft picks. I think they're just like we are. I mean, they have a lot of young people that could come in and do something, but they're young. And, I mean, what are, what are we going to look at? Um, Reggie Wayne is probably it. And I don't know if we want Reggie Wayne. I mean, nothing against him, but do you want to trade away a young cornerback for a aging veteran that may not be in the league very long? 
Um, yeah, I'm thinking it has to be draft picks. Either that or I wouldn't mind going after, like, Slainer or Allen and pulling one of them in. But, I mean, that's pretty much then telling you Egnu is a complete bust. So I think I think it's draft picks that we would go after. I would like to see a two, if we could get a two and a four or a two and a five, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's probably about a two. But that could work out for us even with a two because if we took a two and the extra three that we have, we could turn that into a one. So maybe maybe there's more to this than we see. I just. I have a hard time believing that the Dolphins would trade Vontae. I mean, he's starting to yeah. take strides now. I just, I, I struggle to see. Yeah, it. yeah, and the and the well, what you said the tweet was that the Ursa was ready to open up the the checkbook. Yep. So it seems like to me this is a guy that maybe wants to get paid, and I'm sure Vontae does, but. You know, we've not heard anything about him wanting to be like he's unhappy with his contract or he's things like that. So, I mean, that's possible. It seems to me that they'll probably go for somebody who is, you know, maybe a little bit bigger name that wants to get a little bit more money, perhaps like Antonio Cromartie or something like that, maybe. I've, I've seen that name. Yeah. I know uh, they were talking about uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie as a possibility, but the Eagles flat out said, no, it's not him. So, I don't know. Vontae makes sense in the... Vontae makes sense in the Colts side of this, but I don't think he makes sense on the Dolphins side. Unless Jeff Ireland can get something really, really good out of it. I don't know. I mean, if we could... uh, If we could uh, somehow manage to get a one for him given that the Colts are probably going to have a pretty high one next year. I could see it, but I don't think they'll give up a one. But there's a good point from Noel Finn on Twitter that people are quick to point out Ireland's mistakes, but don't mention how he didn't want Kolb, Flynn, or Orton for big money. And none of those guys are going to start this year. Well, Orton might. Is Orton starting? He will when Tony Romo gets hurt. Yeah, that's right. That's where he went. And apparently Alfie Crow, I'm not watching the uh, Jaguars game, but Alfie from Big Cat Country just tweeted out, good Lord, Chad Henney. Anyone still want to argue that one? Anyone? (laughs) So I'm guessing Chad Henney just had a Chad Henney moment. So, hmm. Poor Jaguars. (laughs) (laughs) They picked a punter in the third round And they have Chad Henney Which may be why they needed the punter They're going to energize that fan base And fill that that stadium after all, huh? Hey, they only need to fill it for seven games next year Oh, gosh One one of them will be in London (laughs) Ooh, ooh I am at 1,999 followers on Twitter. I am you one lost short. One? No, I haven't. I haven't hit 2,000 yet. I am one short of 2,000. All right, braggart. Yeah, well, at least you have more than 25. I do have more than 25. Some people that 
that are on the radio right now don't. <laughs> I don't tweet that often. Leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm one of his twenty. I'm one of his twenty-five followers. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so he has twenty-three besides us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> wow, you you have an interesting twenty-five followers there, uh, Chris. Well, Ohio is one of them. K Dog is one of them. <laughs> so, hmm. I'm sorry, Chris. We won't make fun of you and your Twitter handicap right yeah. now. <laughs> your Twitter challenged. Well, some of them are friends of mine. I think one of them's my brother and a good friend. So I've got some good friends on there. Some of them I don't know. They just they just they just put me on there, and they appreciate that. I don't fill up their timelines too much. So. Jason <laughs> Scott said, "You're welcome for it. he's the 2,000th follower." Uh, well, this show pretty much has died, hasn't it? <laughs> Slowly, <laughs> we're really not on dolphin stuff really anymore. Um, we're just sort of talking. I'm okay well, with I've that. Got, but I got a couple of dolphin things. You want to talk? Sure. About them? Let's go. Um, just. <laughs> Real quickly, what are some of the, the matchups that you're looking for tomorrow night? My the matchup that I really want to see that I think is going to be really, really good is Sean Smith versus Julio Jones. I think that's going to be a good battle all the way till they're taking off the field. So. Um, looking at things I'm going to be looking for tomorrow are Martin, if he's improving, and I'm just watching the receivers. I mean, I'm at the point now where I think the D-line is going to come into its own. Um, Wake should be back, and that's a big help to the D-line. Um, if we can get Wake back and going, that'll that'll help the secondary also because a big part of, I think, the secondary's problem is we had no pass rush last week. So if the secondary can help out, get helped out by the D-line, that should be a bonus. Uh, then I think if the D-line is coming onto its own, we should see the linebackers able to help out with the run more. The secondary gets pass coverage, which then leaves us down to what are the position battles still open? And really, it's wide receiver. So the wide so, – Somebody on this wide receiver core has to step up and go, this is my slot. And I was hoping that Brian Hartline would be back in time for this game to at least have a chance to go, this spot is still mine. But it doesn't look like he's going to be ready to play. So I think that Wallace could step up. Fuller hasn't been too bad. I, I don't know if he's ready to be that guy, but he could try to make a run for it. Uh, Hogan could still make a run for it. Marlon Moore disappoints me. I really think that he could do good things, but he just he doesn't take that next step for some reason. Um, Gates, I really like Gates. I really wish he could make the team, but I just don't see it at this point. Who else am I missing? I BJ think, Cunningham. Um, go on. I think Gates is a, a, an interesting prospect at this point because – of all the guys that I have seen that I watched 
Friday night, and I try to watch the receivers. I try to watch how they how they got open. Between he and Bess, he was the those two guys were the only two that had the quick enough speed that they could just get open whenever they wanted. Right. Um, I think it was Darius Butler basically just had to hogtie uh, Gates to keep him from scoring a long touchdown. I mean, he just just flat out ran by him. Uh, and he's got he's got the speed and the quick feet. If he can ever just you know polish up those routes, and it'd be slightly more physical. He doesn't have to be very physical. But yeah. He, He's a little more physical. He's got the, to me, he had the footwork to where if a guy gets on the line and tries to stay with him, that he could beat him. And that was one thing that I think we missed with Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson had really good feet and could get open when he wanted to. And Gates has that type of feet. He just hasn't put the whole package together. Uh, but, you know, everybody's talking about ankle weights. Wallace, well, from what I saw, everyone was like ankle weights. I mean, everybody struggled. They were always covered. And, you know, part of Tannehill getting sacked and staying in the, the pocket like, you know, like he was was the fact that he was going through his reads and, like, man, there is nobody open. And that's kind of how it was. You're like, wow, you know, just people were struggling to get open. That was Wallace and Moore. And finally in the second half when that drive got going, I think they, you know, Carolina's defense got tired just enough that our guys could, could get up a little better. So the uh, Gates is interesting in that, that aspect. So he's got the speed. He's got the he's got the quick feet. So if he can put it all together, he would be he, he he can make the roster with that. But right now it's a long shot for him. Hey guys, I'm sorry I got kicked off. My headset died, so I missed the last part of your point there. All of a sudden, Gates has good footwork. <laughs> okay, <laughs> quick feet. Let me say that. But. Yeah, and I don't another know. guy to mention in on the site is uh, Richard Matthews, and I think that touchdown he scored was was pretty awesome because he drug like three or four guys into the end zone, and he hit, caught another good pass for it on a fourth down conversion. Caught another pass on the sideline where he got drilled. But from everything I'm reading, the guy's just buried on the depth chart and can't get ahead. And I'm not sure why. If he's just not practicing well, but. Uh, I, I like it, you know. I like him. If if nobody steps up and takes that six wide receiver position, um, I think he could. That Matthews could get it just because he's a, a return specialist, and I think he could, you know, work his way to be a, a decent we- weapon for us in the future. I think he could. I think you're right. I think he he has the skills. I just you're right. He's buried on the depth chart and. I don't know if he's going to be able to jump high enough up it to receive that final roster spot. Um, yeah, I don't know. The wide receivers confuse me. I still want to take seven. I've, I've restricted myself to six the last two times I've predicted the uh, 53-man roster. But I, I still I, I want to find a way to keep seven because I just, I can't pick six. There's always somebody that I sit there and look at and go, I really want that guy too. So, I don't know. I don't know who to take. Yeah, we, it's, it's crowded at the bottom. We don't have anybody that just wants to step up and be like, you know what, I, I'm the man. I'm just throwing the ball. Uh, and that. Hey, apparently he just dropped. Yeah, that's weird. 
Wow, that was that was a quick drop too. I think the uh, system hates us tonight. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Maybe you can get that ironed out before next week. Yeah. Uh, at least it does it in the preseason when these yep. shows don't count. <laughs> Is that how it works? They don't count. Yeah, these shows don't count. These are these are working out the bugs. <laughs> We're just trying to get reps at this point. <laughs> Am I the only person that hasn't been dropped tonight? No, I, I got dropped I earlier. So. Did you? No, I got dropped. Yeah, I forgot about that earlier when everybody else was on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The system hates us tonight. But okay, well, we'll go in bed bugs. No, Shawnee, they're not bed bugs. I know you're dreaming, but no. <laughs> well, since Earl's gone, we're almost exactly at the 90-minute mark. I'll go ahead and close the show. James, thanks for calling in tonight. All of our guests, thanks for calling in. And Earl, even though you're not here, I'll play it for you. Tommy hasn't been dropped since he was a baby, and uh, that explains so much. (laughs) Does it? Everybody have a good night. We'll be back next week. We should have two football games to talk about next week, and we'll be in actual regular season mode, getting ready for the first game in, what, eight days, nine days from the show. So should work out nicely. James, you have a good night. Good night. Everybody else, good night. Hi, I'm Mark from Marinda Safeway. We offer great savings on groceries, but did you know we also offer savings at the pump? Earn 10 cents off per gallon when you spend $100 at Safeway stores. Enter your phone number or swipe your club card at the register and earn points. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com forward slash reward. This is Mark from Marinda Safeway, and we'll see you soon. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.